1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know how to help you. Now, here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Manny Fernandez. He is the co founder and CEO of
3: DreamFunded.com.
2: Welcome to the show, Manny.
3: Well, thank you for having me, Jordan.
2: So let's just start with a little bit of your background and how you came to found DreamFunded.
3: Well, when I was 20 years old, I bought my first investment property. And one thing I learned, it was about if you really want to grow, you need to have other people's money. So I was fortunate that I had good mentors where I created a $5 million fund at the age of 23, bought a portfolio of single family homes, sold it at the right time, and um as throughout my life, I was able to create an online brokerage and then create another fund and have some successes. And when I was at Stanford and I was re-educating myself, I took a venture class, and then something about it just really hit me based on a lot of the knowledge and similarities that I learned at an early age from people on my network. And I started looking around. And I said, "Well, maybe I uh, should start kind of dabbling percentage of our portfolio and in, in this market." So I uh, wanted to uh, kind of stand out from the crowd, and so I focused on a little area called San Francisco, and at the time, it wasn't known today like it is at the center of Silicon Valley, and I was able to reach out to many of our limited partners around our fund, and I said, you know, I think the next Google is going to be found in San Francisco. One mm-hmm. person leads me to another and actually connected me to a guy that invested early in Google. He helped me with this group called SF Angels, so I'm glad that he gave me great advice and mentorship, and I went out there and talked to the mem- many people in the communities about the uh, to the startup community that we had money for them. We are looking for more, what they call deal flow. And what was interesting, many investors would approach me and they said, you know, hey, I want to be a part of the group. And they weren't living in town. They were from Palo Alto. They're from New York, Singapore, Shanghai. And I just kept a large database of investors. I said, boy, this is goes to waste because there's many startups that are looking for funding, but they don't know these people. So I just started to scratch my head.
2: So this was in 2003. So you founded the San Francisco Angels Group. Is that that's that was the first iteration of this? Is that right?
3: 2013 is an in-person group. We meet monthly, and um, we currently have 32 members. And we, what the focus was to focus on early-stage startups.
2: And then, when did that morph into Dream Funded?
3: Well, one day, I, it was um, um, actually Christmas 2000. Thirteen. As I was looking through many of the emails of people that were looking for funding and they actually had an exit. So I said, wow, you know, if we would have had had this opportunity where allow other people to invest, maybe I could have did quite well because some of these really were big. So I said, what would I name something like this? How do I connect the many investors that want to invest with the startups that were promising, but yet we weren't fast enough? Because it sometimes takes 30 to 60 days for a startup to get funding. So I thought back in my early 20s, my first dream was to get funded. I'm sorry, my first dream was to create a startup. My second dream was to get funded. That's a lot harder to, than the first. And my dream now is to fund the next big thing or to fund the next generation of entrepreneurs. So I created Dream Funded that started in uh, 2014 for accredited investors only. And uh, we're really early. We were one of the fourth platforms approved by the Angel Capital Association. And maybe out of curiosity or maybe because of timing, we went from zero to over 3,000 accredited investors. Many investors that were members of other angel groups were members. And then we started to invest and co-invest in some top tier startup opportunities, co-invest with some big name VC firms.
2: Now, one of the big changes in this whole field of allowing people to raise money privately uh, is what's called um, the JOBS Act, or the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, which was passed in 2012. Maybe just describe a little bit about what that act was about and how that is facilitating uh, the ability for people to invest in private startups like this. Well,
3: the most that people know about is more frequently they hear about this term crowdfunding. That's very specifically Title Three of the JOBS Act. Think of it as a division of the overall law, which allows entrepreneurs to raise up to a million dollars from everyone, every adult, but at the same time allows not just a small handful of accredited investors, i.e. rich people, it allows everyone to invest. So that law took a while for the Security Exchange Commission to actually rule on what can and cannot be done. And I'm fortunate that um, it was finally given the green light in October 30th of 2015. In fact, if you look at the Security Exchange Commission's website under Title III of the Jobs Act, I think somewhere around page 246 or 248, you'll see Manny Fernandez and Dream Funded's name in there. Um, But the biggest thing is it allows people to potentially get into these companies early. Maybe they hit the next Facebook, LinkedIn, Uber. The chances more likely than not they could lose their investment. So, but it's more the guarantee is that it allows entrepreneurs to be able to raise money quicker, so they can build their dream business versus spending about six months fundraising and not building anything. So
2: uh, that's what happened. Then apparently it's actually gone into effect in May of 2016. So yes, now it's been up and running for six months or so. So, uh, say you're not an accredited investor. Say you're kind of an average investor with relatively small. Dollars to invest. Uh, do you go on to DreamFunded.com, or what is the process of investing in one of these private companies?
3: Well, since May March 16th, the law went into effect. The platform still had to get registered with the Security Exchange Commission and approved through FINRA. So we received our approval on September 18th. So there's a long process for approval, and investors that wanted to see future opportunities, can join sites like DreamFunded and um, be able to see what's available. And you can see what's coming soon and mark your interest, as well as you're part of a, hundred, a membership of over 150,000 investors that are looking for opportunities. So when new opportunities are launched, uh, you'll receive an email and then you can decide for yourself.
2: So what kind of vetting process do you do on the companies that go on your platform to make sure they're legitimate and you know, are financially
3: Sensible for people to invest in? Well, I was, before, when I first got started in angel investing, I joined a group called Thai Angels and uh, also was part of their screening committee. So when entrepreneurs would present, um, we were in charge of screening out the ones and keeping ones that looked good, promising, so we could do a little bit more research and then suggest these are the final four that will present to a group of angels. So that was like pre screening. And then when I uh, created SF Angels, I was in charge of. In early stages, you only have a couple of members, so in charge of deal flow, screening, vetting, and then final due diligence before the investment is completed. I take the same method with Dream Funded as I did with the Angel Group. So therefore, we're not saying it's a good investment. We're not endorsing the investment. What we're looking for is certain things to eliminate the investment so it never ends up on a platform.
2: So how could the average person, I mean, when you're in the public markets, you might rely on an analyst report or you know, somebody who's knowledgeable about that industry to say, this is a good stock to buy or not? How can the average person who may not be an expert in what this company is doing or knowing about their management or finances judge based on what's on your platform, whether it's a good thing to invest in or not?
3: Well, I think the early stages of equity crowdfunding will, will be based on people knowing the founder. I don't know if the market is strong enough currently where a stranger will end up on Dream Funded, look at a strange company and say, I'm interested in investing there. And it may happen, but I'm seeing entrepreneurs that are getting a, the approval. To reaching out to their vast network, and then so they since they know the entrepreneur, they're kind of backing the entrepreneur that they know. But I'll give a three steps on how professionals look at investment opportunities in the early stage market, and I suggest that people look at this when they make an investment and eliminate the rest. They will be more likely to not, in better odds than not using this formula. So number one, it's the team always about the team the team is going to execute behind us in the early stages so if it's a tech startup make sure there's a co-founder on the team that's have a technical background not outsourcing it to somewhere else because that that will never really work out well second is you want to be in an early market that's very large so the third step is large market but very early in that market see entrepreneurs and investors alike don't make any money if they're copying some other market that's really, really big and they're going to try to get into it because there's not much money there. So if an investor are looking at the team early in the market and a large market, then they're going to be more likely not into a better way of investing.
2: So maybe you can give some examples of companies that you've uh, founded or helped found or fund uh, that were successful that had those three criteria. Just kind of tell us the story of how it worked. (laughs)
3: Okay, well, when I got started investing, I kind of was investing through a network and people that I trusted brought me opportunities. And I would rely on the person judgment and I would say yes. And that was not, you know, I had some successes, but yet that was not really strategic. My mentor sat me down. He said, listen, you know, you got to look at yourself. Like, what do you know? Well, you know, you know, the real estate business. Well, you know, we're investing well, you know, tech. Well, how about real estate tech related things that may be in a big market early in a market and then been on the team and don't be passive. Don't sit here as a group waiting for them to apply, figure out what you're looking for, and then go after them. And I said, okay, let me give that a try. So I, um, when I say give that a try, I use that word lightly. It means I'm going to go full board, look for a person. So I started researching what's large in the market, which is equity crowdfunding. What's early in the market? Uh, equity crowdfunding. And okay, I need now I need to find the right team that I think can execute. Perfect example behind that team was uh, Nav of Realty shares. Um, that was my I was a first investment advisor, and now they're the leaders in real estate crowdfunding. And then those are three of the dynamics I looked for before I made the investment. I have many other stories, but I think that's very interesting.
2: So, it, it had a team you liked, it was a innovator, and it had a large market. Those are the three things, and that's what worked it. So, so, for somebody invested in realty shares early on, how has it done since? Is it public at this point, or how, how would they have done had they taken your advice at that point?
3: It would have done really well. It's still a private company, I put it that way. But they, yet, they're one of the leaders in the space with some very big names that back them. And, um, you know, early investor in Airbnb, early investor in Uber backed them. You know, it's it's really a substantial company. They funded, and this is all public information, they funded in excess of $200 million in real estate for accredited investors only. So that's just an example, early in the market, large team. I mean, a good team early in the market in a large market.
2: So if somebody got in early, it hasn't, hasn't gone public yet. Uh, can they sell at this point and they can sell while it's still private?
3: Well, that's one of the things that um, Dream Funded was uh, involved This before we became a regulated platform. We allowed people that were early in, say, Dropbox, uh, Lyft, some of the big name companies, if they had an interest in selling, many people were interested in buying. So there is a secondary market that allows in people that get in early to be able to sell their investment opportunities to someone else that wants to take a longer term approach. And for equity crowdfunding for title three, the jobs act that we're currently um, operating under uh, the entrepreneur, I'm sorry, the startup that um, sells their shares to an everyday person, a non-accredited investor, that person can sell to an accredited investor at any time, or they can wait 365 days to find another person and buy it. Um, and we're currently working on a secondary market platform that, which will allow people, if there's a market, to be able to sell.
2: Right away. Now I have to wait a year, you mean?
3: Well, to an accredited investor, can happen at any time. But for, to sell to another non-accredited investor, they would have to wait 365 days. So on a 366th day, they could be able to sell, again, if, if there's a market. Uh huh.
2: Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My okay. guest this hour is Manny Fernandez, He is CEO and founder of DreamFunded.com, which is a platform that helps uh, private investors invest in private companies.
0: We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author, working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. The path to leadership excellence begins here.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to
2: The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Manny Fernandez. He's the CEO and founder at DreamFunded.com. Uh, which is a platform that allows investors to raise money, uh, companies to raise money and investors to invest in private companies. Welcome back to the show, Manny.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: So tell people what they go, what they find when they go to DreamFunded.com and how it works from the point of view of both an entrepreneur and an investor.
3: So for the entrepreneurs that are looking to raise money, say up to a million per year, the first million is the hardest. Now, if you're born in a certain network, certain zip code, so to speak, where you have the network and you can raise a half million dollars from your family and friends in a very short period of time, this model is not for you. But if you're one of the other people that are, didn't born in the right zip code and didn't somehow in the right network to pull that kind of money together, Dream Funded is maybe a network that can help you. Um, you have to join Dream Funded and, and apply for funding. We, we will review it and show you the next steps. If you're an investor saying, you know, I want to take a percentage of my portfolio and kind of experiment or dabble in this area because uh, you hopefully to get a bigger return. But you're not looking at this as an alternative to a CD because it's completely different investments. This is not guaranteed. It's high risk. But if you can join and, and see the many um, startups that are early stage startups here in Silicon Valley and more importantly, all across the country. You see, there's great ideas everywhere in this, the country, not just in Silicon Valley. So you can look at it and decide for yourself what you want to, you know, invest as low as a hundred dollars in. And so
2: if you went on, you on the, the website now, roughly how many offerings would be there?
3: Um, today there's about uh, sixteen pending approval, and I say pending approval, we haven't done the full due diligence, as well as they haven't. Some haven't completed their. Uh, paperwork for the Security Exchange Commission or haven't opened up an escrow account. Um, so it's pending approval, so you can only mark interested in it, but you, you're you not uh, seeing the financials of the company, nor you're not um, investing any money. It just be on a wait list, if you will. So we have about 16 right now. We got about 30 pending. And uh, take a look.
2: So what is the SEC uh, approval process before they go from pending to allow you to actually invest?
3: That's a good question. Um, the Security Exchange Commission does not look at the investment; they are not saying it's a good or a bad investment. It's simply a filing notification to let person know they have all the disclosures are there. Our, our job is to kind of say yes or no before the company goes gets approved. The vetting process is probably one of the key things that the Security Exchange Commission and Finra really cares about, and that's why there's a small handful of companies that received the the nod from the government to allow non-accredited investors to invest to a registered funding portal like Dream funded. so the startup will explain all the details regarding you know maybe they can't ne- get the next round of funding it's a new market there's they'll explain all the reasons and legally why an investor can lose money so they when a investor invest they will be able to read all the information and it's backed up what with the business plan at this, on the Security Exchange Commission's website so an investor can clearly know what they're getting into.
2: So SEC is basically vetting that the numbers are correct and there's correct disclosures. They're not saying it's a good company or bad company or it's going to be successful or not. That That's not the SEC's job. But They want to make sure that all the... So there are specific things in Title Three of the Jobs Act that are required for a company to s- disclose. And the SEC is making sure that they're fitting those criteria. Is that correct?
3: It- SEC cares about one thing, invest, investor disclosure. Yeah. They're not saying, they're not people's financial advisors going to say it's a good investment or a bad investment. They want to make sure that the investors are clearly disclosed, and this model allows that to happen. Uh, taking a step backwards, when I talked about the entrepreneur, entrepreneurs can raise up to $100,000 by signing their own financials, but the moment they want to raise over $100,000, they have to have a CPA review their startup. And it costs a little money, and therefore an entrepreneur can raise up to a million dollars um, from their community or through the network of Dream Funded.
2: So would you recommend for an investor who's interested in something they see on the website to show it to their financial advisor? I mean, who's going to be able to say they're not a financial expert? Uh, sh- should they show it to somebody who is a financial expert to get their opinion before they go ahead?
3: Um. You know, people's opinions are very much um, based on their prejudice. And so, you know, people need to, uh, they can do whatever they think is best for them. But All I think. A
2: lot of these ideas are disruptive, as you're saying, right? They're kind of new ideas. And the average financial advisor might not have a clue about what these things are, whether they're going to be successful, is what you're saying.
3: Oh, for sure. And many professional investors in this area are also missing many of the big companies because they had flaws in them. You know, unfortunately, I passed on a financial tech business in a real estate called Airbnb. Why? Because I I looked at my background of having an excess of 40 single family homes. I see many of the people in the low to moderate income areas would unfortunately come up with reasons and excuses on how to get out of uh, paying for uh, their, their rent. And so I thought if a person moves in one day in someone's home, you know, it's clearly a seeable issue. That model will never work. And I was absolutely wrong. So, and then you have, you know, then you have people that passed on Uber um, that, are, that are professional investors. You have people, they have all the stories on how you passed on the wrong big thing. Like, like mentor, uh, you know, of the group and mentor myself, we early, invested early in Google. They had 17 companies that were doing the same thing. When even went public, they took a company called Ask Chief public. So they thought this company was unique, but everyone, and this was, Google was a story on everyone that were sophisticated, big firms, multi billion dollars in funding say that will not work. Well, you know, so it, it depends on the person. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: indeed. Okay.
3: How long should people plan to hold
2: these stocks? I mean, you say this is not a short term thing. What, what should be the time horizon that people should wait or think of waiting before they would cash in on some of these things, assuming it's a successful deal?
3: Sure. I think a person invested in a startup business, write it out. Your checkbook and don't think you're going to get any return back. If you can look at it that way, if you're okay with it that way, then move forward. And now you're probably thinking, what's the real time frame? You know it's probably a decade, could be ten years. you know the average the average company that goes public is eleven years plus. So if a company does well and is really growing and passes on any, acquisition that means another company buying them it's going to take upwards of 12 years so the company the investment does well then there is an opportunity potentially for them to sell it in a secondary market but it's a very long-term approach is this is not something where they can get out in six months or if things get hard they can sell it it's not like the stock market they can't just push a button so they yeah. have a long-term approach it's the way of doing it
2: well, that's good for people to know so how is it priced if it stays in the private market, you get in early and say it's doing well, uh, but it hasn't gone public yet. How do, how does a price exist in the private market, uh, you know, after it's been out for a while?
3: When when a company is early, and many of the companies on dream fund, it will be early before venture funding. If they make it to a Series A, which is another level of funding by a professional venture firm. They will set a price called a valuation, and so therefore people will know what the share price is at that time, private information. Um, But how it works in a secondary market, from my experience, is the seller wants to sell at a certain price and a buyer is willing to pay at a certain price. And there's a guy in the middle, either a broker-dealer or a funding portal, that kind of believes that that price is fair before they release it to their members or investors. So it depends on each investment. There's no the real, price, there's no real mathematical formula among any of them.
2: The price is not going to be listed on Dream Funded. It's not going to say you bought it at a dollar and now it's worth five dollars. It's it's kind of a private negotiation, is what you're saying.
3: On the resale, no one has the answer. No one has the answer. You call it Warren Buffett. Hey, I bought this stock at, at twenty-five cents, and what is going to be worth? No one knows. So. But if a person does invest, they know what they're, what price they're paying for it, and the future is unknown. Yes. But, but you know, the, 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 on the flip side, some people invested early in some companies, that, and the returns were 700 times. But those are rare opportunities.
2: Yeah.
3: Sometimes 100 um, times, 20 times, rare opportunities, and no one really knows. I wish I had more clarity in this market, but we don't.
2: So the exit strategies are either the company gets taken over. Or goes public. Those are probably the two main exit strategies if you have a long term horizon. Is that right?
3: You can sell in a secondary market if there's one that exists. Two, the company is acquired. So, like, say, if you invested early in Instagram and it was acquired by Facebook, you'd be really rich. Or third, it goes public. Like uh, Google went public.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so in general, is, is are things getting easier or harder to raise money in Silicon Valley these days with these, uh, you know, these kind of marketplaces making available available investors who weren't in the past.
3: For these type of marketplaces, I think it provides speed to the entrepreneur. Most people think, well, why don't they just go to a venture firm to raise money? Well, most people don't realize that only two percent of tech deals are funding companies. And you have to be in the network, therefore introduced to them. And that's primarily not the first step of funding. It usually comes from family, friends, and their network. So if you're not in the privileged family, friends, and network that can back you, this is a good way of going. And I think that even you are sophisticated, and you have attraction, and you're a good startup with the best team, and you're looking for a deal from a venture firm, it's going to take three to six months to get that closed. And it takes a lot of work to do it. So using platforms like DreamFunded, it, it helps you speed up the process because you have not only non-accredited investors, you have a lot of angel investors, you have family offices there, you have incubators paying attention, you have venture investors that are on members on the platform, and they' are there. You get the attention quicker.
2: Yeah, that's great. And how about for minorities and women and people who typically it's even harder to get funding? Is this a, a way for people to get funding easier?
3: this is probably the best opportunity for the many women and Hispanics and and minorities that are out there because they're undervalued assets that may not have the packaging of what tall the certain silicon valley people are looking for and so because of certain networks then people are uh passing on them because they can't even get in the network. So if people that are not in a network, this is the biggest opportunity for them to raise money and prove how great they are. And then you know, in terms of women, uh, you know, I'm invested in two companies that are doing quite well. One of them is Task Rabbit, led by a woman, created by a woman. Second one is Rebel Systems, you know, point of sale device that's a leader in its field, led by a woman. So women can create great companies and they just need more capital to prove how great they are.
2: It's really great. A lot of people who in the past probably wouldn't have had a chance uh, to be able to get in. Um, very good. Uh, some people say that they're kind of shying away from equity funding because they think it's for only desperate companies. Is that true?
3: You know, when you get involved in this business like I have, I've been involved in um, angel groups. I've been involved in um annual conferences where they pull in all the angel group leaders. And I, and I spoke to many of them and try to get feedback from many of them. And it's really the concern of, Oh, by the way, people have options of getting funded versus us controlling all the power. So in an, in an area of that, where people are in fear of losing their funding power and their deal flow, they will come up with different things to try to discourage the entrepreneur from using equity crowdfunding. And, uh, I, again, it's I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's a one number one they get access to money faster, and two, the gap between early stage funding and a professional investor is so large, most people, you know, can't get it. They're just dreaming about trying to get it. So this is the option for them to take advantage. So it's not. But I want to be very specific. Just because you're on an equity crowdfunding platform, does not mean that you're a terrible startup. All that means is you're smart that you are looking for a quicker way of getting funding so you can build your business versus going through all the rejection and uh, many, many months looking for funding and trying to get introductions to the network. Because I have never seen one company, venture or angel groups, that accept someone applying out of the blue. In fact, it's highly discouraged if any entrepreneur presents out of the blue or tries to get in through an email because they say they're a real entrepreneur, they will get an introduction. To them. Yes.
2: Very good. Good. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Manny Fernandez. He's the CEO and founder at DreamFunded.com, a website you can go to to find out more about what we're talking about. Again, that's DreamFunded.com. We'll be back after this.
0: stocks bonds investment opportunities financial news and talk we can help call us now toll free 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 voice america business network
1: have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you.
0: Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Manny Fernandez. He is the CEO and founder at DreamFunded.com, which helps entrepreneurs raise money and helps investors Uh, invest in things that they would not have been able to do otherwise. So what is the best approach for investors? Should they do a diversified portfolio of many of these things and hope that one of them hits? I mean, what what is the right attitude that investors should have investing in these kind of things?
3: That's a great question. Um, Angel Capital Association worked closely with an organization called the Kaufman Foundation. And the Kaufman Foundation did a study on returns to angels and angel groups. And what they found is that the Successful Angels had a portfolio of 20 startups. Wow. 20. So what that means is that if you are investing in one or two or three hoping to be a success, go buy a uh, super lotto ticket because the odds are probably going to be similar. You should have a discipline of investing at least 20 and take your investments and divide it into that. So it's easier than ever before because the average investment in angel groups were anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $50,000 per investment. Now we have an opportunity where the minimum investment is $100. So invest in many. If you're not going to commit to investing in many, perhaps you should probably not get started. That's, that's what we tell others that are professional angels. I'm taking the same knowledge and letting the everyday people that haven't invested in the past think about building a, a diverse portfolio because that's the only way of having a greater chance of success.
2: Wow, so they should be thinking of 20 or more and a
3: time-holding period of 10 years or more, something like that, just to be realistic. Yes, and I hate to kill the buzz about, like, wow, this is so long-term, you got to invest in all these things. But this is the reality. The reality is you're not going to invest in a company and it's going to become Uber and everyone's rich. That doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. So there are some specific ones that have been publicly disclosed that i just would like to have you tell the story of so people can understand this better. There's one called AquaBlaster. So explain what they do and how that whole process has worked with them.
3: Um, I'd rather let the entrepreneur um, make a talk about their startup. Um, and they're not fully live yet, so I prefer not to cover them.
2: Okay. Okay, no problem. T- t- tell me a little bit more about what you're doing to vet them. I mean, are you looking at their um, finances, or the background of the management? I just want people to understand the vetting that DreamFunded does. Before I put them on the platform.
3: Absolutely. Well, number one, we, after they apply, we review it, and then if they're so fortunate to re- get past that step, then we set up a phone call where I would interview the entrepreneur and uh, make sure the whole team is on the on the phone and get a get a sense if they're really into it or they're just talking about doing it, and then I will. Uh, Email and ask some questions on uh, some of the paperwork behind the company. And then we'll do what we call backdoor references, where we would, uh, we have a nice network, so we reach out and figure out, you know, yeah, they worked at Google. Let me go ahead and chat with the manager of. You know, that's in our network to kind of get the feedback of what type of entrepreneur they were. Were they on time? Were they late? To get a good understanding of of who is the person that's creating the company, and then we look at you know one of the legal things, such as if what is the business plan? Do they have a clear business model? Because they cannot use this, organ you know, crowdfunding if they don't have a business plan or a PowerPoint. We tend to look at the. Uh, who's currently investing in the company. We try to figure out if there's any uh, challenges in terms of uh, they cannot have any criminal uh, issues regarding securities violations in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Um, Our escrow company is also involved in doing a money laundering check, a background check with a criminal check. They're doing a lot of checks as well as the bank um, also does uh, their own checks as well as check systems. So there's multiple stages before the company gets approved. Again, we can't guarantee there's going to be a success. All we can say is that we try to minimize the success based on this vetting of the companies.
2: Have you had situations where you find criminal behavior or bad things because of these checks and, and they know, didn't disclose them? Absolutely. So there's a real vetting process <laughs> they can't get through you if there are public records about past uh, crimes or other things that they should not have been doing. Correct. And yeah. in fact, it was it, uh,
3: yes. I was going to talk about some other site, but I'm not going to talk about another site. I'm going to leave it focused on <laughs> Dream Funded today.
2: Very good. Give me a sense of the overall size of the crowdfunding market and how how much is it growing these days
3: well fred wilson a vc out of union square Ventures, says this is a new 300 billion dollar a year market but yet some people estimate it to be a bigger market than that so no one really knows but we know that 97 percent of the people can invest in their first time in 83 years using these platforms so we are yet to see how great and the growth of this is taking place. Right now, you know, people say, well, there's certain sites that don't look too, you know, they're not raising many millions of dollars on that. Why is it so slow? Most people don't realize this is still, although the law has been out since March, they still have an approval process and they, the esc- they have to get the escrow account. And the slow, the biggest thing to slow this down, Jordan, is just ignorance. People don't know what's going on. They're not even familiar with it. And so... It's going to take a little time. I think 2017 is going to be a great year for uh, equity crowdfunding for the earliest stages.
2: How many platforms are there like Dream Funded? I don't need to name them, but I mean, just give me a sense of the market for platforms for equity crowdfunding.
3: I think those that were approved that are in the early stage space, and then those that actually have investment opportunities on them, I think we're around five or six.
2: I see. And is, is that growing? Are there more, many more people?
3: trying to launch uh, platforms like this? There are certain people that are definitely doing it and getting the approval, but one thing they're having a hard time finding is the relationship with the startups. And so I have been building my relationship in the startup community globally for quite some time, and so I have hundreds, maybe even thousands of emails of people that wanted to get funding, but it wasn't in the right um, stage for us. And, you know, I know what I'm doing. So, they, unfortunately, many of the startups respect us and, and our and our great mentor network. I think one thing to pay attention to when you go on dreamfundercom is check out our mentor network. I mean, that's one of the things that we really are um, providing that's different than currently any other platform. Um, because, you know, startups sometimes need more than just money. They need a little help. They need a little network. They need some advice. And I, so I reached out to many people I knew, including the head of the um, s- most active um, angel group in Silicon Valley, Sand Hill Angels, and he agreed to be listed as a mentor or a venture partner that's uh, part of a venture firm called Venrock who invested early in Apple as well as Intel uh, in- for incubator leaders. I mean, the list goes on of the people that are um, willing to help the entrepreneurs move forward um, including someone that uh, graduated from uh, the elite incubator Y Combinator to even one of the co-founders, one of the companies I invested in, Rebel Systems, is is open to uh, helping others. So it's it helps the entrepreneur not just get the knowledge, and if they didn't get the privilege of getting involved in, say, a Y Combinator, which is the top incubator, then that they, indirectly they can accomplish the same things. Instead of having that little Y Combinator logo, now they can say, well, they have a mentor from there, and then they have the capital, and then they can move forward and grow the business.
2: So that's one of the main ways you're differentiating Dream Funded. On the other uh, crowdfunding platforms, is this mentor? Or what are some other things that you offer that the other
3: platforms do not offer? Well, many of the platforms now, if you want to apply and you, you get approved, then you have to do what you call a Form C, and they're, you know, connect you to a company that can help you fill out the Form C, which is a disclosure, paperwork, the Security Exchange Commission. So the startup has to put down anywhere from $2,500 to $3,000 to be able to create that. And we do that at no cost based on our own software. So, um, because I have a hard time believing a startup should pay to see what will happen. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things we allow them to do that. And our minimum total that they can raise, the minimum is 10,000. Other sites are a lot higher than that.
2: I see. So make making it more accessible for entrepreneurs is what you're saying.
3: Correct.
2: Now, are the industries that are being listed Pretty much only technology, or are there a range of industries that are being represented uh, on the platform, and, and you expect going forward to be represented in this equity crowdfunding world?
3: Well, I started in the tech environment, and I realized that there's other businesses out there besides a small percentage of tech founders. So my goal is to expand it beyond just tech, because there's a great world out there. There's a lot of great businesses, and I think people you know, should have an opportunity of raising the capital to build their dream business and that's putting a lot of people uh to work and creating lots of jobs and just creating different uh wealth in different communities all across the nation, not just Silicon Valley and New York.
2: As of across the world, do you have people, uh entrepreneurs from other countries
3: listening with you as well? It's a the Jobs Act is an America law. So ah. it's a law dedicated to America. So I, I do have many requests from all around the world, Israel, India, China. Australia that they want to list but unfortunately at this stage we were not able to we're thinking about how to use 506D as in David the old-fashioned um investing laws to be able to help them since our database is growing at a rapid rate I mean like two two three days ago we had 7,200 signups. Let me give you an understanding about those numbers. The whole database of Dream Fund at one point was 8,000 investors, 8,000 accredited investors. For us to grow very close to that in one day, it's just staggering. So I like to say it's kind of like a Facebook, but for funding. And that's how fast we're really, really growing based on people's inviting people, inviting other people to join, very much like a behind the scenes social network, which will um, announce in January what's going on.
2: And so you said you had about 150,000 total investors signed up at
3: this point? Plus, and many hundreds just signed up today because of the Wall Street Journal article that That's, was in the front page of the uh, investing funds. Um, so
2: so it, it's being spread by social media in a certain way.
3: Social media and emails, word of mouth, absolutely. People are uh, greatly inviting others, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm staggered by the growth.
2: That's fantastic. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Manny Fernandez. He's the co-founder and CEO of DreamFunded.com, which is a website that puts entrepreneurs together with people who want to invest in them to fund their uh, initial uh, businesses and their startup businesses. Uh, We'll be back
0: after this. From the boardroom to you. Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because there's more challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. You've been listening to The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Manny Fernandez, co-founder and CEO at DreamFunded.com, which is a website that helps individual investors, not only accredited investors, but average investors invest in uh, private small entrepreneurial situations. Welcome back to the show, Manny. Thank you for having me. So some people are saying that there are negatives in this, that there's a lot of risk Involved, and that the average investor, not the accredited investor, shouldn't be able to lose his money. And kind of buy, buy lottery tickets. What, what do you say to people who complain about you? Know, you're you're making, allowing people to take more risk than they really should be taking.
3: It depends on the individual. You know, no. no one stops people when they buy a lottery ticket, when they go to a casino. I hate to put that in different perspective, but. Um, I don't know if accredited investors are really smarter than the average person. They maybe have more money to lose than the average person. So the person must think about um, the high risk before they get started. And if they look at it that way, then they should you know, be a grown up and participate in it. It's more about, I think, the initial investment is going to come from the entrepreneur knowing that person because they've been friends on social media for years. They know each other from the community and they want to help that person become a success. Look at it that way, and all investors, by the way, believe it or not, in the angel space and even some venture investors, they're highly emotional. They're doing it because they're trying to help the entrepreneur, but they also want to make money, so they're backing it up with, "If the, can this be potential of a, of a great return? So I think on the non-accredited investor side… They maybe wanted to help the community, help the entrepreneur become a success, and if they become successful, then great. But they're not looking at it as, I'm going to take my money out of a guaranteed CD that's going to produce me 0.03%, and I'm going to put it in the startup world because it's going to get me a bigger return. That is not the answer. Yeah. The answer is not to take it out of self-directed IRA and say, I'm going to gamble and dabble in the startup world because I'm going to have a better result. That's not the answer. And,
2: and so, by the way, can you do this inside an IRA? Can you buy inside yeah. an IRA?
3: Absolutely, you can do this inside of your area, some kind. Yes, and we have different organizations we work with, um, because we've been in operations from through accredited investors since two thousand fourteen. That we can connect people to it but you know i think joining the DreamFinder network is much more than just the entrepreneurs looking for money or investors investing some people are also looking to join an entre- a job being a, you know an employee in one of these fast growing tech companies because sometimes they can get equity and hey the sixth guy at facebook made a lot more money than a lot of these entrepreneurs trying to do what they're doing as well as you know most people don't realize how rich some of these emplo- employees become so it's hundreds price, of millions of dollars. <laughs>
2: say you, you, you see a company you, you like, uh, you're saying you could buy into it a small amount and potentially become an employee of that company. This would be an introduction to getting a job, is what you're saying.
3: You don't have to invest to get an introduction. If you if you join Dream Funded and you see something you like and you're looking for a job at that company, we'll connect you because one of our jobs, we make money two ways. We make money when the amount of uh, funding is reached as well as we get equity in the company. So... We are a new type of venture firm that wants to help the company move forward. We're not only helping them with connecting them to talent, but as well as we have a network of the next generation of funding that will happen for their company. Many venture firms are reaching out to us and say, if you see something promising, please give us the intro. So we believe we're a whole ecosystem from start to finish, to getting them started, to get them with a mentor, get them to the next round of funding. and getting connecting to talent you know one of the great things about our mentor page is you have some really talented people there people that are you know a programmer inside of Instagram or Facebook you have some and many people we haven't even added yet that are interested in the next startup that's emerging because these people have been some people got rich and some people got wealthy based on being a part of the right company early
2: yeah very good one of the other negatives people talk about is the the cap table is very expanded you're you're kind of diversifying too much? And, and is, is that a negative that people talk about crowdfunding?
3: Some investors have the belief that if you're going to raise too money from the crowd, quote unquote, where you bring in 200 investors, that you're going to have 200 investors listed on your capitalization table, which is the ownership of your company. And again, that's not true. That's a misconception. And in fact, on DreamFunded, forward slash blog, we have an article regarding that um, because People are using what you call a crowd safe, um, which is a vehicle that allows all the investors to be a part of. And uh, you're not on the cap table, so it makes it easier for the next round of funding to get involved instead of having to deal with hundreds of people. So they become investors in the note versus investors directly in the company. So it makes it cleaner, again, for the angel group or the person that's going to follow on because these companies are going to need a lot more money. This is never going to be the last round of funding for the company. This is the first spark. The company, so to speak.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, are, do, is there ever communication between the entrepreneur and the investors? I mean, are there you know, like conference calls where they're telling what's happening with the company?
3: Um, after we complete the funding, um, the investors and the entrepreneurs are going to be interacting together. We at times may pull some of our previous investments in to try to. Um, update the investors but it's the responsibility of the entrepreneur to reach out to the investor but when the in- entrepreneurs listed on dream funded one of the requirements of finra again that regulates banks is that there's a comment section so if a person from the public joins and looks at the investment opportunity and they say wait a minute this doesn't make sense why did x y and z happen they can comment and everyone can see it we're not going to this is an open forum. We're not going to delete anything. Or if they have any specific question to ask, they can ask it there, and then the entrepreneur is required to uh, respond to it. So it's an open forum. And so with the theory that the crowd will, you know, will jointly think what is a good opportunity or not. And so when a person invests, they can see what others are saying or you know, positive or negative, and then they can make their own decision.
2: So There's kind of a wisdom in the crowd is what you're saying. Absolutely. And by having these kind of postings, you can get a, get a sense of what other people are thinking. Correct. That's, that's quite fascinating indeed. Now, would it make sense for Dream Funded itself to ever use your own platform to go public or off, make an offering to investors?
3: <laughs> in the last two weeks, that's interesting you brought that up. In the last two weeks, you're getting a lot of interest from many investors to say, hey, how can we invest in Dream Funded itself? And how come or Stardust would say, Yeah, hey, you're always talking about using title three of the jobs act how come you guys don't use it why can't you, why are you guys in a different category than us and so i'm thinking about that message i'm telling many entrepreneurs if you're using title three of the jobs act it's not just about capital you're also bringing what i call brand ambassadors and where you're going to get people that are invested in you they're going to tell their friends about you and it can it can grow via, you know just based on positive word of mouth because they are believing in you and they're proud of you and that's what happens here in the, in the smallest stages in Silicon Valley. When a person invests in Uber, they tell their friends, that, you know, and, and things happen to grow because they're in certain networks. So we are very much looking at um, using Title III of the Jobs Act to allow everyday people to invest in Dream Funded, so they can get a potential share of all the companies as well as of some of the great growth that we're going to be experiencing. But we haven't uh, made a final decision on that. But we're looking very closely to being the first ever to do so.
2: Are there some potential? Uh, regulatory changes that would come under the Trump presidency that would make it even easier for people to go public? And I mean, you have to go through a lot of hoops right now to get where you are. Are uh, there some things that could lower those barriers and make it even easier going forward?
1: You know,
3: Trump's a businessman. He's going to bring a lot of business people within um, his organization to do what free markets um, require. So I think that uh, he understands entrepreneurship he understands creating lots of jobs and I th- I can't predict what will the future be but I can say if you study any of the uh, markets where Republicans have uh, leadership from the president to now they currently control the Senate as well as Congress um, just study the history of what happens when Republicans get involved, they care more about free markets, and uh, you know, investor beware. But you know, it's going to definitely, uh, I think, open up a lot of things in, in a positive direction. It just depends how you look at it.
2: So we have about two minutes to go. Just kind of sum up what is happening in this area, both from the investor point of view and the entrepreneurial point of view, and what the future is of equity crowdfunding.
3: The investor point of view... You can have an opportunity of getting into a company early and potentially hit it big. But at the same time, you could potentially lose your whole investment. So your hundred bucks may be gone when you invest, or that hundred bucks maybe turns into five hundred thousand dollars. Long, long, long shot, but it's possible if it's in the right company. For entrepreneurs, it's it's the best thing ever because it allows the entrepreneurs to take their idea and and pull together a team and now raise money from the community that they're a part of as well as dream funded so they can Become the next Mark Zuckerberg or the next great success out there and show how. Show your great desire and put it to work. And, this, and there's going to be so many people out there that are going to get rich off of being a, involved in a startup community where they never had access to capital. So if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur, you never had access to capital because you weren't born in the right zip code or you weren't part of the right network, but you have the great desire and you believe you can do it, go out and do it. Now's your time. And I'm always available at manny at Dreamfunded.com. Maniac at Dreamfunded or join DreamFunded.com to see the great evolution in the venture space. This is perhaps the last area of Silicon Valley disruption. Everything else has been disrupted except for the area of finance in a private investment world. And so pay close attention to how we're going to disrupt and, and allow more people to get share of this wealth instead of just a small handful of people keep um, getting richer, if you will.
2: Very exciting. Well, thank you so much. My guest this hour has been Manny Fernandez. He's the co-founder and CEO of at dreamfunded.com you can find out more by going to dreamfunded.com either if you're an entrepreneur wanting to raise money or if you're an investor wanting to invest in some of these startup companies it's all a very exciting new area that was started really starting in 2012 with the passage of the jobs act so thanks so much for being a guest on the money answer show manny
3: pleasure's all mine thank you so much jordan
2: thanks again and we'll be back next week with another edition of the money answer show goodbye for now